Hello, friends, and welcome to the East Style Classic Countdown. I am the East Style, and what we have for you right now is this weekend 72. A lot of great songs on here. Most of these are some uh, pretty good soul songs, including the number one song, Holding On For A Second Week, which has to be, without a doubt, one of the most gorgeous songs I've ever heard in my life. It was actually recorded like three years earlier, but uh, it got to where it got thanks to an Eastwood movie, which he starred in and directed and I think co-wrote too. Um, that might tell you who it is. Uh, but first, um, uh, we do have one goodbye and a couple of birthdays for you. But I do want to, um, uh, tomorrow when we get on, we'll discuss the Rock Hall. I guess um, I was misinformed. You have a week left of voting to do uh, before they uh, shut it down. Um, I thought it was June 30th, but I guess it's April 30th, which is like, what, next weekend? <laughs> so um, get those votes in. Rockhall.com will show you everything that you need to know. Um, uh, before we, and we'll, we'll, we'll check on that like we've been doing with the 80s countdown almost every week uh, since we heard about it. But before we do our countdown, you know, I always like to give you a little bit of music news and I've got something huge here for you. Uh, some of you might recall the Toronto Rock and Roll Revival Festival. The date is September 13th. 69. There's um, I, I actually had this on my brain before I knew that there was a, a documentary coming up on it. Um, listen to the names of the people that were a part of this. The Doors as headliners. Now, nothing wrong with The Doors, but how they got to be headliners over the rest of these names is beyond me. Okay. You've got, and all of these guys down here I'm about to mention had to have an influence on the doors. We're talking about Chuck Berry. We're talking about Bo Diddley. Making his comeback, apparently. We're talking about Lola Richard. We're talking about Jerry Lee Lewis. We're talking about Gene Vincent. All on the same bill, but the doors are headlining. We're talking about early Alice Cooper. We're talking about early Chicago, before all the light rock stuff came about, which a lot of that wasn't bad, but um, we're talking the early, more experimental Chicago for the, from those first couple of records. And also, I and I love Chicago, and they can also say that they got a lot of what they got from uh, a lot of these artists here as well. Um, but uh, one very interesting band on here, as far as I'm concerned, is the Plastic Ono Band. Yeah, Lennon taking a little bit of a break from the Fab Four, who I think we're about to be doing Abbey Road at the time. 
and Lennon, um, uh, if I recall right, Lennon wasn't featured on a lot of Abbey Road, and uh, this might be why. The Plastic Ono Band, little side project of his, he wanted to get away uh, from the Fab Four at the time, and it's understandable. And I dare say they actually put on a great set at this show. And I would think the Doors got a little bit of uh, what they got from Lennon as well as um, all the others I, that I mentioned. But if you can kind of get past Yoko, who was part of the Plastic Ono Band, and sounding kind <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. You've heard Yoko, I'm sure. Um, you know how she sounds. But let's face it. The man adored her. He wanted her on like every project up to his uh, last, literally up to his last breath. Because remember, they were in the studio again, literally just minutes before his death. So... Um, I don't know. I've heard better singers. Um, but he was, uh, Lennon was out there and so was Yoko and Yoko was doing her thing and he loved it. Now, to be fair, Clapton was part of the Plastic Ono Band for a moment as well. And Clapton is on stage with Lennon doing Lennon's songs and, and all the covers that they did. And um, even Clapton was shaking his head like, what have I got myself into here? <laughs> um, but he got, th he got through it also, somehow. Um, uh, you had Klaus Vorman on bass, um, who was Lennon and Harrison's go-to go guy, go-to bassist anyway, uh, when things weren't working out with McCartney. And you had future Yes drummer, the recently departed Alan White, uh, on drums. Um, now, that's a stellar lineup all in itself. Yoko, oh, not so much. <laughs> Let's be real. But um, it sounds like a cat maybe getting his... Uh, tail caught in the door and you're slamming the door like 80,000 times. <laughs> that's horrible. I know it is. It's terrible. But that's how she sounds. Um, like some guy on YouTube had said, uh, taking your spouse to work day is never a good idea. <laughs> and I completely understand that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I must give Yoko credit for one thing. She smiled and waved to the crowd uh, when it was all over. And um, I, they, and, and to their credit, they cheered her. Uh, I didn't hear, you know, get off the stage, you have her, and all this and that. They applauded her just like they applauded uh, John. So, um, you know, well, they, they could have been high like Lennon was too. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, apparently, Lennon um, had been having heroin trouble 
at about the time of uh, these performances and subsequently um, with Abbey Road also. So, um, and I, I say all that, again, I had this on the brain before I even knew that there was a... Um, a documentary coming up about it. I guess there's already been one, but now it's a newer updated thing. And granted, there's only so many people they could talk to because a lot of these guys are gone now. The two surviving doors are, are a part of it. Alice is a part of it. Uh, didn't say if Yoko was. Um, I don't think any of the members are, of Chicago are on it either. Um, maybe some other guys that were behind the scenes you know, the crew, stagehands, whatever, were a part of it, too. But Chuck, Bo, Little Richard, The Killer, and uh, Gene are all gone. Most of these guys were just, like, recently. I think Chuck and Richard in the last couple of years, and Jerry Lee, what, he died just last year, maybe, um, are all gone. Uh, Bo's been gone for a little bit. Vincent, uh, I think, has been gone for a while, too. So, again, there's only so many they can really... I, I, guess, I guess the Doors and Alice are the only people they can really talk to. I would love to hear Yoko's explanation of all of this while she's still kicking also. I can only imagine what she has to say about it. I could still see her going... I don't see nothing wrong. We had good time. We had good time. <laughs> okay, that was my worst impression of a Japanese person ever. <laughs> um, but again, let's give Lennon credit. Um, you know, McCartney only recently said that, oh, Yoko didn't break anything up. We were heading that way anyway, and da 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 da. Um, Lennon never credited Linda um, for for breaking up the band, and he definitely didn't cre um, credit his own wife either. Like he said, like McCartney has said, um, you know, we had to grow up sometime. We had to get away, start families, uh, this and that. Well, Lennon and I had already started one and was off to another, and McCartney hadn't. Uh, George and Ringo did and um, would have other families like down the road but uh, the Toronto Rock and Roll Revival yeah if you can check out for that um, again I think Plastic Ono Band did the best set of the night if I could get a hold of a Chicago set I would love that because the a Plastic Ono Band set is on YouTube Alice's set is on YouTube, but the early Chicago, as many of us know, and many of my fellow Chicago fans know, the early, early Chicago was uh, the best. Again, not that there's anything wrong with uh, their uh, Latter-day stuff, and there's nothing wrong with them now, but it's just um, um, that earlier stuff speaks to me more. I you know, can't speak for my friends necessarily, but um, the earlier albums will always be the best for me. And I'm glad that they're still doing it. As are um, Alice, 
Um, Yoko, eh, well, you know. <laughs> all right, that's enough of that. Um, R.I.P. to Otis Redding III. Otis in the 80s, uh, of course, you can imagine he's the son of uh, Otis Redding, you know, Doc of the Bay and all that, and wrote Respect and had the first version of it before Miss Aretha who has the number one soul song, but we're getting to that. Um, in the 80s, Otis had formed uh, a band called, oh, well, of course, The Reddings, duh, with his, uh, I believe it was a brother and a cousin. They had one big hit on the soul chart called Remote Control. And I believe that would be their only hit, but that's okay. Um, we all remember Otis from... Doc of the Bay. He never got to see Doc of the Bay hit number one because his plane crash was, oh, I want to say, two or three months before the song was released, let alone uh, went to the top. And that's a shame he never got to see that. Now you've got people having number one hits going out of style. A lot of the hip-hop guys, sadly, are either getting taken out before the song hits to num hits number one, or they're getting hooked on something and then that's taking them out. Either way, it's horrible. But back then, it wasn't that easy. All right, so happy style birthdays. I don't know why I put this guy on here. I, I put everybody that's um, somewhat famous, whether they're old school or not. And I have Machine Gun Kelly who celebrates a birthday today. Real name, because we know his name ain't really Machine Gun Kelly. I think it's Colson Baker or something like that. That's his real name. No kidding. Um, I think uh, he and uh, Megan are kind of taking a break. Um, probably wasn't being faithful. None of us are. <laughs> um uh, I guess it's all on that. <laughs> Happy birthday. As well to Frampton coming alive uh, this weekend, 50, I want to say. Uh, legendary guitarist, Humble Pie, his own great solo work. Frampton comes alive. So many great ones from that one. Uh, Happy birthday, Paul Carrick. You know this guy. Oh, man, how many groups has he been in? In Ace, he had how long has this been going In Squeeze, he had tempted by the fruit of another. Yeah. In Mike and the Mechanics, that was him on Silent Running. That was him on uh, The Living Years. And some other great tracks by them. Um, is that all the groups he was in? There's probably more, but... Those are the three biggest. Oh, and then don't discredit his uh, solo work, too. He's had a couple of hits on his own as well. Legendary uh, journeyman, Paul Carrick, having a birthday today. Happy birthday as well to Daniel Johns from um, the Australian band Silverchair. Um, only song I remember there is they came up, they had the misfortune of coming along after... Nirvana and Pearl Jam and all those guys were hitting it big, like mid, late 90s. 
they had one great song that I liked called Tomorrow. And these guys were literally just kids. I think they were, um, I don't even think they were preteens when they came out with that song. Um, there was a real cool melody to that song Tomorrow. It was a great one. Um, but they never got to match that success. And I think to this day, they are broken up. Daniel would marry um, another famous Australian, Natalie Imbruglia, uh, who also came out about that same time. Uh, you know Natalie from the annoying song of hers, uh, Tor. It was annoying because it got played all the time, as I always say. Uh, I'm all out of faith, and this is how I feel. I'm cold and I am chained, lying naked on that floor. Yeah, that one. You're a little late and I'm already tired. Yeah, that's her. But uh, that didn't last all that long either. So that's all on that. Happy birthday as well to um, Mel Carter. I didn't think this guy was still alive. I think this is the guy who had that song, Hold Me, Hold Me, Never Let Me Go Until You Told Me. You told me. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> um, that's, I think it's the only hit of his I know. Um, but he did good with it. You know, um, what was like early, mid-60s hit for him. He might have had more, but um, uh, that's the only one of his that I know of. So that's okay. All right. Finally, let's hit this weekend 72. As I said, some great soul songs here. Uh, in fact, most of these are soul songs, and that's that's not bad. Oh, excuse me. Ah, oh, pardon me. Ten. One of only two top ten hits for Jackson Brown. Can you believe that? All those great records of his. The other one would be Somebody's Baby. This one, Doctor My Eyes. I want to say from his first album, maybe. At number 10, Mr. Brown. Nine. I've only ever heard this song one other time in my life. And that was when I was doing the countdown for it before. Um, another one by Sonny and Cher. Cowboy's work is never done. Why don't I know that one from before? Anyway, a um, couple of former number ones and number eight is one of them. Heart of Gold, Neil Young. I think his only top 10. So he's still batting a thousand. Hit the top 10, hit number one. Seven just happens to be the number one soul song. It's Aretha. Daydreaming and I'm thinking of you. Daydreaming and I'm thinking of you. Daydreaming and I'm thinking Okay, you know it. <laughs> Can't go wrong with a little Aretha. Six. Oh, my goodness. How great is this? Betcha by golly, wow. From Philly. It's the stylistics. Yes, sir. How about we go from the stylistics to the dramatics? And another great soul song. I remember my mom having this record. In the rain, I want to go outside. In the rain, yes, sir. Four, the second of the two former number ones, A Horse With No Name. I wish they would just go ahead and give him the name and get it over with. <laughs> It'd be nice if they did a follow-up. Finally, we named the sucker. <laughs> Something to that effect. Um... And it's America from the number one album, actually, this week, um, also titled America. Boy, how cool is it to have your first album 
hit number one. Nowadays, again, nowadays it's easy to do. Back then, it wasn't all that easy. Um, I don't even think the Beatles hit number one with their first album. They did with pretty much every album after that, most of them. Maybe not all of them, most. And that's not bad. But America, they did. And they are number one now. With the former number one here, Horse With No Name. Three, I gotcha, Joe Tex. They kept calling Joe a James Brown wannabe. First off, that's not so bad. James was the man. But Joe did it pretty well himself. Um, he's on his way to number two with I gotcha. Love hearing that one. Even to this day. From Houston, I believe. It's Joe Tex. Um, he's about to peak at number two, as is the number two song. It would only get this high, and it's Mike taking a break from his brothers and Rockin' Robin. Must be hard to work with your brothers. I don't know. Yeah, Mike and Rockin' Robin stopped, both stopped at number two, and understandably so, because this song is just so gorgeous. It's Miss Roberta. I believe with her first number one. Yeah, she would have three. This is her first. And it's first time ever I saw your face. Yes, ma'am. Preach it, Miss Roberta. Yes, as I mentioned, um, uh, the movie Play Misty for Me with Eastwood and Donna Mills. Um, Eastwood was... Uh, I, I've never seen the movie. I only know the movie because of the song, but I guess Eastwood had, uh, yeah, the, the song, speaking of 69, was recorded in 69 for her, um, for Miss Roberta's first album called First Take. And um, time went by, and I guess the album didn't really go anywhere initially <clears throat> until Eastwood was looking for material for the movie, he was playing a DJ of some sort, and um, somehow found the song. Wanted, uh, got permission, got Miss Roberto's permission to do it, and um, I guess according to legend, Miss Roberta thought she might have sung it too slow and uh, wanted to do it over again. Eastwood was Eastwood was like, "Don't you dare!" Don't change a thing. We'll put it on just as it is. And they did, and the rest is history. I guess Eastwood paid 2000 for um, use of that song. Uh, some of that, I would imagine, had to go to the songwriter, a guy named Ewan McCall. McCall? Um, what did I get on him? I... I Probably forgot that quick. McCall, um, I did have something. Oh, yeah. Uh, McCall was married. Uh, actually, while he wrote this and did it first, naturally, McCall was married to someone else, but was carrying on a little tryst, if you will, with the lady who was going to be his next wife whom um, <clears throat> this was dedicated to. Uh, apparently, McCall's songs 
there's a couple others that we may know of his, but this one is, I think, his biggest. But uh, um, normally McCall's songs were like supposedly out of left field and this and that, but um, uh, very, very political, if you will. But um, this one was written to say, uh, hey, I can do other songs, you know. And he had his lady in mind, his other lady, who, again, he would go off and marry. And she would end up being his widow because he died in like 89, I think. Um, and this was written for her and about her. She's still alive. Um, but he's no longer here. Miss Roberta is uh, still around also and um, has been um, not doing so hot lately. And let's face it, who has? Getting older sucks, as we know. But it's better than the alternative. We know that. But Miss um, Roberta, I guess, officially had to retire from uh, performing and touring anymore because whatever it is that she has has affected her voice, her playing, and uh, so on. And, and it's such a shame. But I'm glad at least she is still with us because you know that can change at any minute. Again, as we know, in Hollywood. Um, Miss Roberta does make history here. First person to win back-to-back -back Record of the Year Grammys. Um, U2 has done it since then. I think a couple of others have done it since then. And that's not all that easy to do. That's why so many haven't done it. But, um, yeah, first time ever I saw your face... And then Killing Me Softly the next year, back-to-back -back Record of the Year uh, Grammys. I know YouTube did it with, uh, I want to say with Beautiful Day and then Walk On. Uh, so congrats to them on that and definite congrats to um, Miss Roberta as well. Uh, God love her. That's going to be a sad day when she leaves us, as far as I'm concerned anyway. All right. Uh, no rush, though, of course, for anybody. All right. That's it for this week in 72. We'll get back to you tomorrow with the 80s countdown, like we always do. And I'll get you um, updates on the Rock Hall and uh, the voting tallies. And we'll find out the actual date it's supposed to close up uh, from there. So we will catch you then. Thank you so much for listening and being a part of this. Much appreciated. We will see you tomorrow with the 80s countdown. Uh, if you have requests, um, you can get to us in our um, our Facebook uh, group, East Style Classic, and you can find us at uh, Twitter, and we're also called East Style Classic there. Uh, any requests you would like to make, let us know. Um, anything you want to talk about if you hate it let us know that too I'm all open for feedback I think for all kinds of feedback I should say I think so yeah just let us know what your thoughts are here and then uh, you know we can go on from there alright we're gonna go until we see you and hear from you tomorrow until then of course as always notorious 
Biggie style, telling you to put your hair up and square up. All right, guys. Thanks for listening.